At first, the sound was a mixture of yells and, and whistles, noted journalist Louisa Thomas this past week. But as the Indianapolis Colts quarterback Andrew Luck, wearing a, a T-shirt and a grim expression, walked down the sideline towards the tunnel, the anger towards him coalesced. And why were fans angry? Well, news had broken that Luck would shortly announce his retirement from the NFL. Some of the Colts fans in attendance at the game apparently believed that he had betrayed them. I'd be lying if I didn't hear the reaction Luck told reporters as he answered questions about his decision to retire at, at age 29. So who is Andrew Luck, a quarterback that some imagined one day might be voted into the NFL Hall of Fame? Luck, as Thomas writes, was selected as the first pick in the 2012 draft. He led the Indianapolis Colts to playoffs in his first three seasons. But he missed much of the 2015 and the 2017 season with injuries. Last year, he had one of his best seasons and. The Colts were sleeper picks to make the Super Bowl this year. Everything depended on Andrew Luck. So what happened? I'm in pain, Andrew Luck said at the press conference. It's been four years of this injury, pain, rehab cycle. The past few weeks, the pain was in his leg. Earlier in his career, it came from a lacerated kidney an abdominal tear, an injured labrum, a damaged shoulder. He'd suffered torn cartilage in his ribs. There was also the mental and emotional pain that had gone with this constant beating to his body. I haven't been able to live the life I want to live, said Andrew Luck. This morning, we begin our fall series, Flourish, Nine Keys to Practicing Our Faith. Our inspiration is a study that Harvard University supported called the Human Flourishing Project, where researchers investigated the impact of a faith community, attending worship, being engaged in spiritual practices, and what that impact can have on our ability to, for example, steer clear of, of mental health issues or, or, or depression or addiction. They discovered that choosing to align our lives with a religious community can significantly impact our ability to flourish. So over the coming weeks, we are going to reflect on specific practices of faith that our community affirms and embraces and teaches. In other words, this fall, we are going to explore how we can flourish. We begin our series this morning with the first step we can take to flourishing, and that is reflecting on the desire expressed by luck at that podium last week. A desire to live our life not dictated by someone or something nudging us towards harm or pain. 
or that doesn't have our best interest at heart. I wonder this morning, is there something in your life that nudges you towards harm? Physically, uh, emotionally, or spiritually? Or that causes you pain? Or that doesn't have your best interests at heart? Is there something that you need to retire from, so to speak? That self-awareness, that spiritual awareness we discover in the Bible, most famously as Nicodemus visits Jesus at night and Jesus instructs him to experience the abundant life that God wants for each of us. We need to be, as Jesus put it, born again. In other words, we need to retire from that thing that is causing us pain, as Luck put it, while at the same time we need to turn towards God and invite God to renew us, to recreate us. We read later in the New Testament, 2 Corinthians, how Paul notes that this renewed life, this recreated life, is one led by the Spirit. The Spirit leads us to freedom. That freedom, Paul explains, occurs as we slowly transform our lives into the image of Christ. Or as Paul puts it later in Romans, we don't conform to the pattern of the world, but we renew our minds. And how do we do that exactly? How do we move our lives towards freedom and, and towards transformation and towards renewal? This week I happened across the photograph you find on your bulletin cover this morning. Do you know what that image depicts? Those are peppered moth caterpillars. Now raise your hand if you've ever paid attention to a peppered moth caterpillar. Well, I haven't. <laughs> but as one journalist notes, peppered moth caterpillars exist from, from China all throughout North America. But if you've never seen one, don't feel bad, because they are experts at blending in. And how so? Well, each caterpillar mimics the twig it's perched on, straightening its knobby body into a, a stick like shape. It also changes its hue to match the, the twig's color, birch white, dark oat brown, or willow green. You can see an example of that on our bulletin cover, which all sounds sort of interesting, but no doubt we've all heard of chameleons and other animals that can change colors to blend into their environment to avoid predators. Well, what scientists discovered this month is a peppered moth caterpillar can do it blindfolded. Literally, they sense the color of their surroundings, not only with their eyes, but with their skin. Let that sink in for a moment. And how do they figure out caterpillars can adapt to an environment with their skin? They put a dab of black paint on the caterpillar's eye. 
They then tested 300 caterpillars and observed that even without sight, they still transformed themselves to mirror the exact color of the dowel that they were climbing. On your bulletin, you'll note that some adapted to the color brown, others adapted to the color green. And this week, as I studied that photograph, it occurred to me, first of all, how many of us find ourselves in situations where, where we try to blend in? That we're all susceptible to attempting to change our colors, so to speak, our, our clothes, our, our hair, our, our beliefs, our plans, in order to avoid people or situations that might harm us. At the extreme end of that instinct, quarterback Andrew Luck declared last week he had chosen to adapt himself to football, to that dowel. And the pain that resulted from that adaptation had left him asking, is there another way to live my life? Which raises this poignant question, to what are we adapting our lives? To what dowel are we attaching ourselves to, adapting ourselves to, so our colors mirror and match? Your church staff uh, held a fall retreat this past week, and one of the topics we discussed was a, an intriguing article by David Brooks. And Brooks makes this case as he writes, there's some sort of hard-to-define spiritual crisis in our land, he writes, which shows up in rising depression rates, rising mental health problems, and addictive behaviors, which is what the Harvard Flourishing Study investigated. Brooks then points readers to the work of the Pew Research Center, where in a survey people describe their lives like this. I no longer find much of anything meaningful or fulfilling. Whatever used to keep me going has gone. Another person said, it would be nice to live according to my being rather than my darkness. I don't feel very satisfied with my life. It's only endless monotony or chaos. Does any of that ring true for yourself, for family members, for friends, for neighbors, for colleagues at work? And when we feel that way, perhaps, when we perceive life in those categories, perhaps, having adapted our behavior to despair or or to darkness, or to monotony, or to chaos, or to pain. The Bible proclaims this. Be born again. Be transformed into the image of Christ. Don't conform to the pattern of the world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. And how do we do that? There is a fascinating Christian concept 
and phrase that emerged in about the second century. They called it the, the rule of faith. The idea was it's important to recognize how God gives us a choice as to what we will adapt our lives to. And then the Bible offers ways or, or practices or what early Christians called a rule of faith that enables us to, to be born again, to be transformed into the image of Christ and to renew our mind. I'm ex excited to share over the coming weeks this fall, we will be reflecting on those ways and, and on those practices. For example, the, the study of faith the generosity of faith, the, the prayer of faith, the music of faith, the, the hospitality of faith. But this morning, the first step Scripture invites us to take towards defining that rule of faith for ourselves is to take the time to reflect as to what we are adapting our lives to. Because by God's grace and providence, as those peppered moth caterpillars reveal, our mind, our soul, our body are created to adapt to our surroundings. So this morning, if you sense there is something in your life you need to retire from, Perhaps Andrew Luck inspires us to do just that. To choose, in other words, to turn away from pain, from despair, from darkness, from monotony, from chaos, and to go and find ourselves a new Tao. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit, Amen.